Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 50, volume 50, week 50, number fucking 50. How you going, guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Adam of Oceano, but all of that is coming up later in the show. We're going to start things off a little bit differently this week. We've had a little bit of feedback. One of the bits of feedback was from Jackson via Twitter. Jackson said, thank you guys for having guests of every genre. Love the chat with John of the last 10 seconds of life. Keep the show going. Thank you so much, Jackson. We will definitely be keeping the show going. And thank you for the feedback. Really appreciate someone letting us know what they think and how it's going. We really do try and cover as many different genres and as many different artists as possible. We like heavy music here. I love heavy music of all genres. I love it all. So we try to have on this show as many guests across every genre as possible. And also, Jackson, thank you for listening. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Hopefully you're listening regularly and hopefully you're letting everyone you know about the show. We also got a bit of feedback from Andrew through Instagram, and Andrew said, Why haven't you guys had Parkway Drive on the show yet? I really feel it would be a great episode. Well, Andrew, Parkway Drive are one of those bands I have been trying for over a year now to get hold of and get on the show. If you have any links, Andrew, get in touch with them. Let them know you want them to do an episode of The Mosh Zone. I've certainly been trying my darndest. And I'm still trying as this year goes on. Hopefully, we'll have one of the guys from Parkway on before the year closes out. Last bit of feedback we got this week was from Mick via Twitter as well. Mick just said, love the stuff, open the pit. Fuck yeah, dude. Thank you so much. Hope you're enjoying the show and hope you come back in future weeks. So before we roll into our interview this week, just wanted to remind you guys, don't forget to like and follow us on social medias. We're all at The Mosh Zone. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget, share an episode. Don't forget, rate and review us and subscribe to us on whatever way you're listening to this podcast. All of these things are vital to helping us grow and helping this Mosh Zone get bigger and bigger. So enough of the ramblings, let's talk about this week's guest. This week's guest is Adam of Oceano. What a fucking dude, what a legend. Thank you, Adam, for coming on the show. It was a really exciting, insightful chat. Got to discuss all about his upbringing. We touched on the amazing career that Oceano have had so far. What's coming on the horizon for Oceano? We also talk about veganism, and we also talk about retro gaming. All of that is coming up in my chat with Adam. Got to say again, Adam, thank you so much. Much respect, much love, much appreciated for you taking time out for the Mosh Zone. Absolutely great chat and an absolutely big moment for me as a big time fan. That chat with Adam is coming up now. Do you remember, was there an artist for you that helped you discover music? Was there a band that... You first heard as a kid that you suddenly went, oh, okay, music's a thing. Uh, yeah, definitely Slipknot was the band that got me a lot more interested in heavy music. And I guess from there, I kind of just sat on Slipknot for a while and <clears throat> through meeting some other friends that brought in some bands that they liked, like Linkin Park and 
and stuff like that. It just kind of catapulted towards more extreme music like Kill Switch Engage and Unearth and As Lay Dying. So like kind of once it hit that point it just started steamrolling into all the other bands that, you know, they've toured with and connected with from there. Why why heavy music? Do you remember what about it drew you in? Was it the just the how energetic it was? Was it the fact that it was pissed off? I mean, what drew you in? Yeah, I think it's because when I think about it now, it's just it's active. You know, like it, there's there's multiple people contributing to it. They're all doing their own thing. So it's it kind of I think it just spoke to everything that I was doing at the time too you know in like high school and stuff which was you know sports which is very team based you know everything everybody works together to create um you know a team which is similar to a band you know that that creates music and then also the, the aggressive side of it it just it matched you know the sports that i was doing at the time too and it's just i think it's just active you know it's just there's a lot going on and it, it creates this really aggressive sound now, uh, what was the reaction uh, with your family with listening to, you know, I remember my mum saying that was, I was listening to satanic worship. I mean, what was, was there a reaction like that in your house growing up that you were cranking uh, this kind of music? For, for a very short period, just especially like getting in the Slipknot really hard and that being like the first band, you know, with how they, with how they look and stuff with the mask and stuff like that, but... I think just, I guess, exposing other artists too, you know, that, I mean, obviously Slipknot is not satanic, but their imagery is, especially in the earlier days, was definitely something akin to that. So, uh, <laughs> and it, it didn't freaking help with Slipknot either, you know, coming out with uh, with Iowa, you know, and then the Heretic Anthem, and it's like, gosh, I got to re, you know, re, resell this, but um <laughs> I think it was it just like exposing that there's other artists too, you know, that that have a, a little more tame of an approach, you know, so it's just like there's a wide variety of metal. It's just not, you know, there are obviously, you know, satanic bands and thing, and bands that have a, a way more abrasive approach to things. But, you know, it's just like, just I guess just explaining that it, it's a genre. It's not a, necessarily just a lifestyle or a, one opinion. So... That's that was the way that kind of smoothed things out for me. Now, was was music a big part of your household? Was you know was music a big thing in in life growing up around you? For for me, not really. I I got into music more heavily. I think probably right around like like sixth or seventh grade. So mm-hmm. like right before high school, and then it just kind of started becoming more and more of a thing but i i don't i really don't know what i did i just always just <laughs> occupied myself with whatever i was into which was just i think it was really just like a, like video games and just other typical you know as a young boy kind of stuff like wrestling and you know and all that kind of stuff so i was always occupied with something but music was just something that i got into later now high school you know some people you're obviously at that age in high school where you're you know, listening to that kind of music, did you start associating yourself as at high school as a metal kid or an alternative kid? Not really. I think maybe I was identified as that, but I think just at least for my high school, there wasn't really a lot of people that were into heavy music that really wore it on their sleeve, you know, and then wore like metal shirts to school and stuff. So it really was only like, 
tops, you know, like six of us, and we all knew each other. We all hung out and stuff like that. And then I think as we got older, later years in high school, some some newer kids came in and they were into it. So we, we all it always was just like a tight knit group of people that went to the shows and stuff like that and like metal. So do you do you remember what age you were that that you decided that it, music was the path you were going to go down? Do you remember kind of what range of age you were? Um, I the, the interesting thing is that it never really was a thing that I wanted to pursue on a larger scale. I it kind of just happened. So I guess it, I mean I, at at one point I guess I did want to write music i never really cared to perform it and uh from there it just it just happened you know i just happened to have a friend that was in a band you know we just went we met each other from checking out uh shows and his band was one of the bands on the bill and we just became friends and uh i happened to just have a voicemail of me like doing just like a a silly little like scream you know saying leave a message and he just he asked me to try out for his band because they needed a vocalist so i was just like okay whatever (laughs) i'll give it a shot and then that you know (laughs) so what were your other career what were your other career aspirations then i mean what did did you want to go down the sport avenue i mean what were you what else were you really looking into because when you finish high school you're supposed to have a plan. I mean, a lot of us don't, but they say, to, you know, you're going to finish high school, this is what you're going to do. So what were you kind of thinking at the time? Yeah, my my original goal was to um, uh, go to go to college, and um, I had a bit of a scholarship going uh, for wrestling, so I was hoping mm. to uh, spend like two years at the college I was going to and then hopefully get recruited by a bigger school go there, finish up. And then, um, I had an arrangement with my mom, which was pretty cool that as long as I finished college, then she would actually pay for me to train to be a professional wrestler. So hope, hopefully from there I was going to, you know, either, you know, make it big as a, as somewhat, somewhat successful professional wrestler or continue, uh, you know, the avenue of, you know, maybe going into like coaching or something like that from the, um, from everything I did with college and wrestling. Wow. Now <laughs> that, that, that's amazing. Like that's, that's epic. But I mean, do you, was it, was it something that took a lot of, um, you know, jumping into the music career that you've ended up having so far, was there ever a moment looking back that you go, maybe I wish I stuck with that? I I don't think so just because I mean I wouldn't have been able to open myself up to a lot of other things I think if I would have gone that route but um, yeah I don't I don't really think I don't think so especially you know now getting older and feeling how just your body you know ages with you and you just already have just natural things you can't avoid with with ailments or aches and things like that and just to imagine if i had gone that route uh and you know maybe overstayed my welcome even just with uh more like collegiate um wrestling compared to possibly even going into professional style wrestling uh that would have accelerated that quite a bit <laughs> so yeah. I, I who knows that at 32 my body could have been in a way 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 bad place <laughs> by now so <laughs> Now, you mentioned in there, you know, how you kind of had a voice message with um, 
you know, a scream on it. Now, something something you're known for is your fucking freakishly amazing vocals, the gutturals, the the hellish lows, you know, all of this style that you now have got in your bag of tricks. But what was it like at the start for you with screaming? Because you said you just kind of joined a band based off that, but was there a lot of learning curve for you? Were you looking into YouTube videos? Were you just kind of winging it? How was the start of screaming for you? Yeah, that, I mean, when you said you, looking into YouTube, I, I've talked to some about that before. That's the weird thing. It's like that didn't exist. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> you're the, point, you're, you know, yeah, you're about the same yeah. age, so yeah, there was no YouTube. There was maybe tapes, so, but probably not. Yeah, yeah. There was like, you, I mean, I don't even. There was nothing of that kind of you know vocal covers that wasn't a thing yet um as far as you know internet not even on like uh you know like napster or limewire like we used <laughs> to we used to download you know and get like and watch like videos of bands live that were uploaded that we could find but that was it so it was for me it was just screaming in the living room rocking out to music and that's really all i did it was just for that and it just was something i was like well you know everyone else uh, you know, you go in the shower and you sing to your favorite pop songs or something. So for me, it was like I just wanted to be able to do it properly for metal and be able to sing my favorite heavy metal songs. So, I mean, were you, were you losing your voice or was it pretty much you were just doing it as it happened? Like you'd hit a note and you'd be like, ooh, that's a bit sore or... Yeah, I think it started off because I think I was probably listening to Slipknot so much. It was just like, man, I want to try and scream like him. And... It started off, you know, I could only, I could barely even get through a full song. And then, you know, I, I tried again in a couple of days and I could get through a full song, you know, and then it, it just like grew and grew and grew until I could do it longer. And then I started figuring out, okay, I can't do it exactly like he does it, but I'm going to modify it to how I can do it and then just push it further and further and further and take, you know, breaks as needed. And then I started looking into like, you know, warming up through uh you know like how like actual like professional uh singers and stuff warm up and integrating that into it and then just it really was just me trying to get good at something just because i wanted to do it for sheer enjoyment of just singing along the songs you know when i'm just Mm. rocking out to my albums and stuff so uh, over the years is that something that you've even become more trained with like is it something now that when you go to do vocals nowadays on on a tour you have a routine you know how your voice works because your voice is an instrument or do you still just are doing what you used to do there's no real requirement for you to go down a regime nowadays uh i i try and, and keep some sort of i guess some sort of uh, um like discipline you know like there is a mm. discipline to it i think it, it definitely it's not always that way you know get lazy and, and, and other things get get in the way sometimes but I, I definitely it's definitely more of like listening to my body and and knowing my limits whether that be my limits when it comes to post-show <laughs> post-show <laughs> events like partying or hanging out you know i know no one you know no one to to stop or or slow down and stuff like that and and same goes for on stage just you know there are those days where there were uh, shows are like way more hype than you'd expect so you don't want to to overdo it but you still want to really impress so like you know it's, it's all just knowing the limits and boundaries to things now you mentioned the band you joined was that um 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, one of the first bands you, you're known for being in at the time was Demolisher. Um, was, <coughs> was that the band that you joined that you mentioned earlier that based off that tape, or was that a different band? No, that was different. I actually did Demolisher kind of alongside Oceana, but Oceana yeah. was on a break. But I did. I have been friends with them and like worked with them and tried to help them grow the band before I was in it for a moment but yeah. um the first band i was in was called otis so it's like it's not otis. known you know no one <laughs> yeah it's called otis uh o-d well it's technically it was uh, the way we spelled it i believe it was uh capital o lowercase d capital i capital s so that, wow <laughs> it was, yeah i have no idea what why it was named that it was it just that's what it was. I think it's just for being like a metalcore band, uh, just to have a, you know, it's called Otis. It's like, you don't know what to expect with that. So, <laughs> so during, during this period of early bands, um, and you've kind of now, you know, basically decide in a way you're deciding this is the path you're going to go down. What was this period like for you? Was it, was it all just about a learning experience or in these bands like Otis, were you, trying to push it to make it a success or is it literally just see what happens i think it always was just just a fun outlet you know our artistic outlet and then when it seemed like you know we had a decent you know just amongst friends and the scene we were in just everyone supporting we had a decent uh, i guess range of success for the time we were a band and i think it, it just grew into wanting to at least experience touring mm. you know once once or twice because there were a few bands that we played with a lot that had been able to do that like at least regionally so i think that was just the main goal was to just hopefully get out and tour at some point when we all could afford to do so and uh, after that band ended i still wanted to do music so i then joined another band and from there i think that's when it started growing into wanting to do more with it and around 2007 you joined Oceano and they were kind of they hadn't released an album yet but they'd had a couple of demos around um now how did you join the band did they approach you or did you approach them uh I was approached by uh, one of the guitarists at the time um that was kind of another situation where uh, I, I knew him uh, just through the scene, and uh, I think I, I was telling this actually on the street that we we ch- used to chat through AOL Instant Messenger. So that's like <laughs> wild how f- far back it was. <laughs> it kind of dates myself, but um, so yeah, we just used to chat through there just from similar interests. I think uh, bonding through being fans of Killswitch Engage because my screen name was Killswitch916. So <laughs> we, we kind of just bonded through that. And I it was one of those other situations where they just needed a vocalist. Um, and they I guess they swapped things around. So the, the, uh, the kid who ended up being the basis for a very short period of time, uh, he was on vocals and it just he couldn't really – do it to what they were looking for so they, they wanted to move him the bass and then have someone else come in on vocals and that's where i came into the picture at the point in the band and oceano like i mean the heaviness has always been there but 
man, that first album, Depths, was... I don't know what's the word to describe it. Just pure, pure savagery, I think, is just probably <laughs> the exact term. Um, now, you've been in the band a couple of years. You dropped this album, and if from an, from an Australian standpoint, it looked like you guys were pretty much just on the grind. You know, you were getting a bit of attention in the scene, doing a lot of shows. Um, were, were you guys being accepted into the fold or was it always you guys were having to work hard? Because from an outsider's, Oceano never looks like it's been 100% accepted by the overarching scene. Am I right in thinking that? Or is that just a... Uh, I can see what you mean. I think in the earlier, earlier periods of the band, like... Um probably the first two albums especially maybe maybe the first album then rolling into the second i mean we've always had i feel like the slow a slow boil where Mm. now it seems like it's it's definitely it's 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 gone to a place where i didn't expect it to go now Mm. the band but i kind of am more grateful for that like a slow boil than just like you know us just being hot from the get-go but um it's i think more or less the the metal scene in general just accepting our style and all the other bands that had a similar style at the time it, i think more it was more of that like the whole term deathcore was you know it was just you know not accepted for a very long time even from like we didn't want to be associated with something that all these long-term metal fans including us we were just like disgusted by hearing, you know, like taking mm. hardcore and, and metalcore and then infusing it with, with, you know, some of the more, I guess, respected acts that have been doing uh, death metal and trying to p- blend their style into it too. You know, it's like it's bringing a lot of elitists <laughs> into yeah. the mix that just didn't want to, to have to accept us as a, a new genre. So I, I think it was more the scene rejecting deathcore before it was able to really show that it's going to be something that's going to last for what i don't even know how long it's been now but yeah i mean that's that's a tag that i mean like you said that there was negativity at the start when that tag was being thrown on bands and there still is now when it's thrown on bands have you guys ever tried to consciously step try and step away from that because i think if you if anyone really listened to Oceano against, I don't know what you'd want to call a deathcore band, a cliche one, but you put them next, it's very different. Like, there is some similarities in the sound, but I wouldn't call Oceano deathcore. And have you guys always tried to step away from that tag? Uh, I think we we have even, I guess, as uh, spiritually we have tried to, you know, where we try to not, label ourselves as that mm. um and then we we kind of started stealing into it when i when, when like you know the actual genre became started to be, seem like it became a little more accepted and there's a lot more bands that are embracing the sound and stuff like that but um as far as sounds the sound goes to an extent you know we did dabble on one albums with kind of doing some different things that you know overall you wouldn't consider it a deathcore song at all and it, 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 I don't know how it was received. It's weird because it's like some people now say that's they like that stuff a lot, but back then, who I didn't I didn't know what the heck anyone thought at that point when it was released. <laughs> but um, we did dabble, and I think 
even still to some extent um and we try and do certain things that just don't aren't, aren't typical for the sound but i think it's just mostly rooted in you know we do we when we do that stuff and even the past when we've done it it's mostly not because we're trying to separate it's just because we all like other stuff you know like i said before i wasn't even i you know i met you know the band because of us connecting over kill switch engage you know which is nothing like mm. what we sound like so i think it was always that like we we all like different stuff probably even more than what we play and so that that's always shown through in, in different ways whether it be subtle or not I mean, what, without going too far forward before you know skip a few things wanted to chat about i mean you look at the look at the recent album revelation i mean would you even call that i mean some people throw the tag on that album and say it's deathcore but i don't even know if you call that album deathcore i'd call it just <laughs> I, it's just it's just heavy and i think that's the thing I, I, looking over your like i'm looking at the cd's now if you look at the artwork as you guys are going on you can see it changing as well i can see why you might have been called deathcore on some of the artworks if that makes sense and now you, now you look at ascendance and revelation it really feels like it's something else i mean where where would you call you oceana now would you just call yourself heavy metal are you allowed to do that <laughs> i when i'm out and about you know like people that aren't very aware of heavy metal and all the different genres and places you can go with it i usually just say that we're heavy metal you know that's like the blanket statement yeah. but i would yeah i would consider ourselves still deathcore um, but I think us and the whole genre of deathcore in itself is kind of turned into something less deathcore. If you, it's hard, it's weird to say, you know, because it's like when I think deathcore, I'm think I I go straight to a band like Despise Icon that really yes. encompasses both those terms: death metal and hardcore. It's right there. It's clear out in the open. You can see it. You can hear it. It makes sense for you know for them. But uh, you know, over time. Even even us, we kind of we kind of remove that that the hardcore side of it or the metalcore side of it, and it's something where I feel it's closer to death metal, but it's it's almost like death metal just with the heaviest breakdowns that you can come up with, you know. And yeah. so <laughs> that's why I say it. So that's why I still would consider it deathcore. But my my pure purest thoughts of what deathcore is is not what we're experiencing now with the genre. <laughs> No, and I think the genre is trying to find its feet again. I think the amount of negativity and hate that it copped from Elitist was didn't make sense. I mean, these are the same people that hated on Metalcore when it got popular and hated on New Metal when it got popular. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's strange. Um, before we keep going into a bit about where the band is now, one thing I want to ask about was when you guys went on um, a brief hiatus you guys were kind of getting a bit of momentum. You guys had your reasons for going on a hiatus and they were what they were, but were you worried and ever thought about maybe not keeping the band going? Was there ever a process possibly of maybe this will go on hiatus and maybe this will be it? Um, I, I think at the time I figured that was the way it was going to be was either it was as far as hiatus. I think, it's kind of I, at the time I believe it was worded 
as a hiatus. It was it was it was like salvaged because it realistically was going to be almost like the en- the end. Mm. It, but it was at a, it was kind of a point where like I wanted I wanted the band just to continue without me, and they didn't want to do that. So it basically was going to be the end of the band. But we basically decided against it. I think soon enough where we could kind of you know um, I guess. You know, I guess salvage. You know, the salvage everything that was put out there about us uh, stopping, and it just was proper timing. Where you know, it's hard to really even explain it. You know, I just can't. I don't know the proper words to say. But well, it was. It, it was, was just you. You guys didn't leave it hanging for too long. I remember when it, right. when it came around, and it was probably maybe a year. Saying that went from the announcement to coming back, maybe it might've been a bit more, a bit less, but I think you were right. Like you guys, was there a shock that you were going on hiatus where people like, Oh, what? That's it. Yeah. I think there was definitely a shock. Cause I, I know that we had, we had a last, we had a last, at least last, um, away from home show. So like, a, it wasn't a tour or anything, uh, but it was like a last show. We had a last show set for England Metal Fest, I remember. And then within the time that we agreed to that, before we even played that festival, it ended up getting um, re-announced that it was just going to be our, like, comeback show. Like, mm-hmm. our first, like, show since I, since the hiatus. So it was, like, it was a really quick thing, like you said. Like, it was probably, like, a year where we went from, it was, you know, no one really knew that, it was going to be like completely done and we kind of just let it be whatever it was going to be. And then we made it more public that it was more so just a hiatus and we we're going to make, you know, a little like comeback to her, like a short little run. Well, that, I think that was bro- that worked in your favor then because were you worried at all that people were going to, I guess what this is like 2013, so maybe not so, but we worried that people were going to forget because nowadays I think if a band doesn't stay relevant, as in put out new music, new videos, new merch, whatever it is, they get forgotten easily. Uh, was, there, mm-hmm. was there ever a worry that maybe people are going to forget who you were? Maybe people are going to think you're not, you know, worth checking out anymore? Was there any of that worry? Um. At the time, I wasn't worried about it, but uh, I think if it would have, if we would have extended it any longer, it would have been more of a worry. For instance, if we maybe had that year away and then we decided that we wanted to keep going and we had another year before we went active again, I think there definitely would have been some fallback from that. So I'm I'm glad that we didn't take that long to to figure things out and just decide to keep moving and and you go you fast forward to now and you're looking at you've been in the band for about 10 years now i think if we're right or just over maybe maybe 11 it might be over (laughs) yeah i think maybe 12 now um first part of that is are you still scratching yourself to think you've been doing this um, with one band in particular, but you've been doing this for over 10 years now and you're still, you know, you're still achieving things and you're still, you know, setting goals and from the looks of things, you're smashing those goals with each album, each tour, and it keeps growing. Yeah, I, I 
think one of the things that has helped it ha- it 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 did hurt the band I think at the time a little bit, but the we had a few you know, member changes and things like that. But mm. as far as artistically, that kept it interesting for me. So I don't even know if I would have rather us been the same members, you know, the whole time, because I think for me, it definitely was stressing to deal with, you know, um, you know, new people coming in and out of the band for a time, but it was super exciting at the same time. because like, this is a new perspective on, band and the music and it's you know it's new people to collab with and hopefully improve on some of the things that we might have not been able to improve on because it's just you know the same musicians stuck in their ways so um i think that has kept it interesting up until this point where now i feel we have a good group of dudes that finally for we've had the last you know two albums and going on you know the next stuff we write which will be number three these are essentially the same dudes mm. so the same core members are contributing to the sound of the band so i you know i think this is you know in my opinion more oceano than even our first album you know because it was just really me um you know back then so uh i think now it's more exciting because we are the same core group that can now decide you know where we want to take this and how we want to evolve the band because we've established these last two albums as oceano and you know exciting is like now this is what is the next step and you know how are we going to you know, put out to the world our our next i guess our next uh adventure or next as, as i consider like our, the next chapter i guess yes. <laughs> well what what are the <laughs> what are the goals for the next for this year like what what are the goals for the band like you you mentioning new music is there new music in the process is it more touring what what are the goals you yourself and collectively as a band are looking to achieve well i think you you caught me at a good point too because that's a lot of that we've been talking about and thinking about for for me um a lot of it is um i just want to do things differently um so you know i mean we've been with like talking about death core and when where it's going and stuff so i want to do some things differently i don't know exactly how we'll approach that but whether it be you know how we're releasing music um how we're touring you know um what we're talking about in the music and on the albums and stuff like that like i want to just kind of start fresh and and keep keep everything that was great about the last two albums and even some of the things that were great about the band you know like years and years ago and and just keep those things as inspiration and never forget that's where the band came from and that's why we're here but try and do some things that maybe no other deathcore band or no other vocalist in a deathcore band would would think to do and and the same same for the the music too and just you know we we definitely want to work on um appealing to people too that wouldn't necessarily want to listen to heavy metal but do it in a way where it's it's not you know us just selling out and running to doing clean vocals like that's Mm -hmm. something that you know we have light tinges of on one album decided we'll never return back to that so it's just Mm -hmm. You know, doing things in a way where you know, I listen typically like on, on a daily basis R and B music, and that mm-hmm. really influences me. But it's not in the way where I just want to start 
you know, belting out on and seeing on an album. It's in, it's more of a perspective of how music is structured and, and how you deliver vocals and, and how you interact with the fans and the crowd live. It's, you know, so like I've changed over the years and I want that to show in our music too. Well, it's, it's, I'm fucking excited. This next chapter sounds like the, the end, like the, the trilogy is going to come to a climax in a way is what you're saying. Um, well, that, that, that's actually a really interesting way of approaching it. And anyone listening, I think, will be excited. Um, are we possibly going to, I mean, does that mean, is it going to be all new material? Are you going to do covers? Is it a, Are covers a thought for a band nowadays? I mean, would that something you'd approach? Um, we've we've slight, lightly talked about it. I, I, we've, there's actually some, some covers we've done. I, there's like, I don't remember. I think there's two. So we did one for game um and that one is fairly easy to find i think and then we did another one that was actually declined as uh the cover to be used for that video game that's that we just kind of threw up on the internet um since it wasn't going to be used anyway but beyond that i'm pretty like not enthusiastic about (laughs) covers just because i mean if i want personally for me the way i see if i wanted to if I wanted to play other people's songs, I would just be in a cover band, band or on the yeah. side. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I'm pretty selfish when it comes to that. Like, I like writing my music. That's it. I don't want to perform someone else's music. But I, I'm open to it. I've told, I've told the band, like, personally, I'm open to it if it's something that I know. Like, a song that I don't have to sit down and, and learn. You know, like, something that has influenced me over the years you know it's something that i know like the back of my hand so that would be a kill switch song a slipknot song you know or something like that it's like stuff that that was the stuff that got me into metal that was the stuff that i was screaming for practice that led me to be where i'm at not something that is just like well what's the hot pop song you know flavor yeah. of the week let's cover that just for attention now you mentioned you mentioned lyrics and you know all of that do you is, is lyrics something that is very easy for you to put together or is it something that you have to personally spend quite a bit of time uh getting in depth into it uh, i think it's both it's it's like it's like a curse <laughs> because <laughs> I'm really, really meticulous. Maybe you could even say OCD about a lot of things, and uh, lyrics is one of those things. So uh, sometimes it just it just comes out, and then other times it's it's hard because I know what I want to write about, but it's, it has to be a certain way. It just can't be, you know, just word vomit on paper, and then that's good <laughs> enough. It's gotta it's gotta flow. Obviously, it needs to mesh with the music properly so it's it's really just both and uh, it seems like a lot of times i try and prepare for it ahead of time it's it i mean i'll just get rid of it anyway and just kind of prefer to be on the spot i think that's more where i've been going with writing is just doing my my homework you know and just getting mentally prepared for the next project or, or whatever we're working on or the album or whatnot and like figuring out what I want, where I want to go, the song or the, the, the themes for the album and then just giving myself little cliff notes, you know, where of just literally just writing out 
what I want to talk about, where I want to go with this, and then just let it be that. And then I'll just sit around, watch TV, play games, do whatever. And then I just will have something pop in my head. That's cool. And I'll just write it down and then just keep adding to it and then get to the studio. It's like I'll have all the stuff. And then on the spot, just kind of put it all together. And then some things I'll just leave blank and then just let let the just energy flow when I record it. And I'm like, all right, this is a spot where I didn't have anything. We're just going to freestyle it. Mm-hmm. And then just try and, yeah, and just try and dig deep into the vocabulary and then just, just really just flow on it and just feel it. Just go off feel. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> now, before I ask some questions about the retro gaming and those things that are quite interesting and exciting things about that people would want to know about you aside from music. I want to ask you about you're someone around my age. You've seen the industry go from all about doing your own research in a magazine or in inlays to find music to now it being so much at your fingertips. Um, from being in a band. How is the industry for you now? Do you see it in a positive way or is it still trying to figure it out or is it a negative thing? I think it's it's at a weird point. Um, as far as like, I guess we could maybe call it like the consumer side of it or mm-hmm. for like, you know, as a fan, it's it's it was a lot more weird maybe like three years ago or I guess maybe on our second album contagion, like to see that it's clearly going the way of digital, the mm-hmm. physical at that point. But it's less weird now because like we're we're in it, you know, now it's just like, you know, I listen to Spotify. I don't own CDs anymore. You give me a CD, I'm like, I don't want this. Just keep it. <laughs> I'll just listen to Spotify. So I'm I'm there with that. I'm I'm totally digital for music. But um I still wish there was more of a physical presence. I think that it's it's still weird in that aspect where you know we're we're recording albums but you know it's it's just like Ian we're and we're we're you know we're making artwork for them and all this stuff but it's like we don't you don't really need to to do some of those things anymore you know it's it's more just additional stuff for those few people that will try and buy a physical still which is though that's still weird to me but I think. I think it's cool that we're at this point, but I, I think that there are some things that could be done to maybe keep that allure and of like and the the fun that came with like grabbing a physical album and just doing it in different ways. Where you know, I mean, like there's tons of things that I would like to do at least once. You know, like uh, I don't know, just like a, you know, a, a little like flash drive with the band's album. I know those things are done, but it's not done as as just a uniform thing across every artist, you know, like I would love to just at least keep that as an option, you know, where you can just get a USB drive that has like some cool, uh, it's wrapped in like the, the band's artwork or the logo and stuff. And you just throw it in your smart TV or, you know, whatever you want to do and still have that. It's not in the, as a collector and stuff. It, I wish that that was still, that was still there. And that's weird to me. Cause I, I remember those days very fondly still just, amassing tons of albums and just the artwork and you know like really getting absorbed in it so i think that's missing and i think that needs to return somehow it's just like beyond the music how do we get wrapped up and absorbed in the album outside of just 
you know, clicking on our phone and hitting play. It is. You hit the nail on the head. It's a really confusing time because, I mean, from being in a band um, perspective, are people still consuming albums or are they now just consuming selected songs off an album because it feels like in a way the art form of putting together an album is possibly dying because of this streaming service. Yeah, I, I think I think it, it really is. I mean, especially if you look at mainstream artists, um, I mean, they'll just release singles and then when they're ready, just, just drop an album. They can have just as much success you know, dropping you know a couple of songs every few months and stuff and forgetting the whole like you know just studio recording you know 10 12 15 songs in one go mm. and, and, and it might be more cost effective too for some i mean that's kind of what what i'm i was talking about earlier just doing things differently i think a lot of it also is following the trends of, of uh bigger artists and, and trying to bring some of that into to our scene and because it's it'll make it a lot more fresh i think yeah and i definitely think the usb idea that you had is something that it was there for a little bit like you said but that actually i think is a really forward-thinking way of approaching it now if people aren't going to buy cds um wanted to ask vegan lifestyle is something anyone that follows you on instagram would know that you're a man about now um, yeah. How did how did you be, become vegan? How did you start doing vegan? Was it someone that led you into it? Um, was it by accident? Health reasons? You know, how did it happen? Um, so I guess the, the 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 main catalyst of it is um, when I first met my girlfriend. When we were just when we were hanging out and and we just chat a lot. One of the first thing she said to me when she heard Oceano, I believe she listened to, well, she listened to District of Misery, which has a lot of conspiracy theory uh, elements to it, and then she listened to a couple other songs, and she brought up the fact that there was a reoccurring theme about how humanity is destroying the environment and, you know, and, and things like that, and mm-hmm. we're, we're basically uh, going to be the cause of our own end, and so when she lives in that, she brought a point. That's that's sweet. Um, you know, like what else? You know, like oh, well, I mean, I really I believe that. Uh, you know, I like I write about it, but you know, she really she just put it in a perspective where by with just a few words that's like made me think start thinking about well, that's great that I write about this stuff and I am trying to bring an awareness to it in my own way, like kind of hidden within you know this this deathcore band mm. but i'm but it, it really made me think about okay but that's i can do a lot more <laughs> and so that's when i started opening up to the idea of, of uh you know trying a vegan lifestyle and just just dabbling in it and, and and there was a point where i just told myself i'm not educated enough on it mm-hmm. but i'm open i'm open to it because i feel in the end if it's going to better my diet in the long run what the hell to try it at least. And so it just kind of started from there and I just tried it for a week and I just didn't stop from there. And that's, that's where it kind of just became part of my life to, to be that way as far as for my diet. 
um, and just also the the type of uh, I guess energy and the way I live, and just, it's just based around uh, compassion and, and trying to do my part to be more conscious of of the negatives that I bring in, onto our planet or how I affect people and animals and everything, and just trying to promote a better consciousness that we as humans can we can contribute to save this planet because it's really up to us because i feel all the other generations have really screwed us yeah yeah i I think and i think something that you also that a lot of people don't realize who aren't vegan is you can still eat the same kind of stuff i mean you can still have um a pizza you can still have a burger you can still you know all of these things are still available to you um and there is some amazing restaurants and food outlets out there as well um and i think that it's really empowering to hear that you know you you made the change um and not only that but you stuck with it i think that's even more empowering yeah it's been fun i love i love junk food and i've you know, I mean, that's kind of that was like I'm not giving up eating like crap. <laughs> so for the, at least a little bit, I'm I'm starting to try and clean my act up with that. But I mean, we literally just ordered like hot wings and freaking you know like <laughs> cheese, uh, you know, quote unquote cheesesteak sandwich last night. So it's you know it's still hard to avoid the the bad foods but it's just done in a different way well there's a there's a lot of junk food that that is vegan that people don't realize i think that's the other right yeah true yeah um now last kind of thing i wanted to touch on before we start wrapping up dude is retro gaming man um like you love your retro gaming it's epic first off why why retro gaming a lot of people do this Twitch thing now, but they, you know, will do it with Xbox or PC or PlayStation. Uh, what about retro gaming drew you in? Because you obviously grew up playing these games, but is it a n- nostalgia thing for you or is it just these games are better? Yeah, it's funny because I literally, I'm no joke, I have a a, um, a Nintendo guidebook sitting on my lap right now, <laughs> right before your car is going through <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's a blend of everything. It's 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 nostalgic. Uh, I have a lot of curiosity in it still because I I didn't grow up with a lot of this stuff. So yeah. it's it's both. Of, I think it's both of those things. And it's I wish I would have discovered and stuck more with video games throughout my life, even through the band. You know, when I first joined the band, because I I, ha- I basically had a point where I was. Most of them, I mean, from a kid all the way up until basically when I started getting into sports, I was in this stuff. Like, I'd read Game Pro magazines and all this stuff and just be caught up with all this stuff that I would never own. And I guess I got to a point where I was like, well, I'm never going to own it, so screw it. And then I got into sports and just kind of left it at that. And then I got back into it at a point where, I, you know, being an adult and being able to afford at least a couple things here and there. I just, you know, I wanted something that was another escape outside of the repetition of touring and and recording and things like that. So I, I went back and started researching it and then I was like, well, I can get all this stuff now that I couldn't get as a kid because most of it is cheaper than 
than when it first came out with some mm. exceptions but so that was a lot of it too and then it just steamrolled into kind of like being that kid again where you know i just started reading up and learning about all the stuff that i didn't have as a kid and then it was like well i can get it now it's it's easier there's no one telling no (laughs) (laughs) well i mean so are you now i mean because i don't really um i don't have twitch i don't really you know so first this is a double question can you explain to people about twitch and secondly have you got every game you want on the NES or, or SNES? <laughs> is, is your collection full? Um, I guess I'll answer the, the, quick, the collection thing uh, first. It's it's not. I literally, what I'm doing before you uh, got in contact with me was I'm, I'm looking through a book that basically uh, reviews every NES game so that I can line up a list of stuff that I potentially might want to buy off of another collector. So <laughs> it's never, it's not, I'm not where I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with where I collection's at. It's, if you told me that I couldn't buy another game for X amount of years, I, it would suck because I just, I enjoy just collecting, but I wouldn't feel like, oh man, I didn't get to get this game. I, I'm pretty happy with where it's at and it's, my shelves are generally full. But I always just love learning about new games, so that's where it never ends. <laughs> but uh, as far as Twitch, so t- I mean, Twitch is—I'll usually just compare it to YouTube, mm-hmm. except the difference is whatever it may be—video games, artwork. Uh, there's people that will write music, record music. There's you know people that do basically live podcasts on there. It's all there, same same as YouTube, but outside of youtube um is the actual live interaction part of it which now is on youtube as well but youtube is doing that to counteract the competition of twitch uh-huh. so uh you know twitch i think really brought that into the forefront or helped at least help bring that into the forefront this 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 live interaction that comes with entertainment and that's basically what it is and um essentially what i do is you know, i just play games for my collection and interact with everyone. And it's just a cool place to, to meet a lot of people that I don't usually meet, which mm. is just people that are as into video games as me, if not more. Now, the other question with gaming I've got is this new thing. Um, we've got it in Australia. So I assume you have it in America and it's this new retro thing for like the NES and uh, SNES is that it's an, it looks the same as it was back in the day and it has preloaded 20 or 30 games onto it. Um, <clears throat> what's your standing with that? Do you think it's a good thing to get people back into retro gaming or do you think it's not quite the same experience? Uh, I think they're, they're, they're necessary and they're, it's, it's clear they're like a product of the growing interest in retro games and there, there, I think there was a peak probably in the last, it was the last like three years. There was a really big peak of people being interested in retro stuff and grabbing, you know, the actual authentic games. But I think the answer to that and the the more economical answer to that is those devices, you know, where you just get everything you could want 
on on one device and then call it a day. So I think it's it's cool. It's good to have those because you don't have the room or the money to just constantly invest in these old games, and you know it 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 adds up the the price and also the space it takes up. So I think those things are are are, are good as long as it's being done in a way where it's not you know infringing on um, anyone's um, you know like licensing and, and things like. You know, taking away from the, the money that someone might make from their intellectual properties and things like that. But most of these games are so old that you know the creators aren't going to chase them down either way. But I think it'd be nice to just see it done a little more tastefully because a lot of stuff is you know there there a lot of knockoff consoles mm. are aren't really running running the games that. The, the proper specs you know and there the games will be running slower than they actually would if you had the authentic versions of them things like that so i above anything even if it's it's not necessarily you know all on the up and up i would just love that when it is done that they they represent the games the best way they can in quality and in gameplay um so that's that's the worst i hear is a lot of these things even the ones that are done from some of the companies like this last one that was released by sony the games aren't actually running um to the to the right specs like they're Mm. releasing these things with the with you know like the the ROMs from other countries, so they're not actually running at the speed that some of us, you know, in the states would be used to. So it's just like, if if they're gonna do it, you know, if you're gonna get into the scene of of, of retro stuff, especially on the retail side of, it, at least do it justice, so that the, you know the everything about it, the allure and the luster and history of it, it is still just put out there with with respect and with care instead of just trying to make a buck off of it oh yeah well well said now before we wrap things up let everyone know that's listening if they don't know about your twitch handle what's your twitch handle because i love it (laughs) it's uh the full twitch handle is uh twitch.tv slash black mario and black mario is spelled b-l-a-q-m-a-r-i-o so, Blank Mario, Twitch, get on to it. <laughs> now, brother, the last thing I do with each chat is a segment called Pick Your Poison. Now, what this <laughs> what this is, is I give you two options, and you pick the one that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. So imagine that whatever you pick, that's what you're with, okay? So, okay. We, have, we have a bit of everything. So we'll start things off. Would you prefer a pizza or a burger? Ooh, that's a good one. Oof. Mmm. Burger. Okay. Potato chips or cookies? Mm. Chips. Okay. <laughs> Cooking at home or dining out? Uh, that's another good one. Dining out. Okay. Cinema or on the couch? Definitely on the couch. Yeah, cinema's not affordable anymore, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> um, go to the beach or go to the snow? Definitely beach. Okay. Now, NES or SNES? <laughs> uh, I'm NES all the way. Okay. Would it be Mega Man or Double Dragon? Double Dragon. Easy. <laughs> okay. Now, this one I think will be probably the hardest one you'll have. Super Mario or Zelda? 
<laughs> that one's only tough because I, I've I've found the increased love in Zelda mm. more recently off the last game. So I, I it's tough because now that that game that swayed me a little more is definitely part of that consideration now. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it wouldn't be an easy one. Yeah, I, I would have to go off the legacy of both, but also the most recent entries of both as well. I think I would still stick with Mario. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> would it be a cat or a dog? Cat. Okay. Would it be Batman or Superman? It's another tough one, too. Legacy versus now. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird for that one because it's almost, and at least in my opinion, Superman has kept, a, I guess, a, in my he's, he's he's stood a little better with me than Batman up until the Batman uh, Begins trilogy movies. Yes, he did. Yes, and but then it kind of swapped with these latest like DC uh, mixtures and stuff that they're doing. So. Hmm. I personally really liked, as far as currently, recent stuff. I like that standalone Superman movie they brought out. A lot of people like it. I like so it too. That, yeah. Yeah. So, whereas I didn't really, I don't really like what they're doing with Batman right now. So, that's tough. I think S- Superman is is cooler to me. He's, he's, I mean, just just thinking of Superman, you know, like beating the crap out of his enemies, going into outer space and coming back onto the planet, you know, like that's pretty badass. That's, a good, so, that's actually a good answer, actually, if you if you put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um, okay. Terminator or Predator? Ooh, that's a good one. I think I'll Terminator because. Nice. Uh, Time travel is and all, and the whole the whole war that they have going on between humans and machines is definitely very mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then this this one, I guess this this one everyone answers a certain way. So, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, that's yeah. <sighs> That's another one of those tough ones. Legacy versus now. I really did not like um, Star Trek growing up. I love Star Wars growing up. But the current Star Trek stuff is really sick. And I'm kind of burnt out, I think, on Star Wars altogether now. (laughs) Yeah, it is now. It's getting too much. Yeah, that's blame Disney though for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, hmm. I think I'm gonna go th- the odd path with Star Trek. Ooh. Because um, they insert something I can't respect about Star Trek that is not really in Star Wars is they insert a lot of perspective on. You know um, how they interact with these different races of aliens, and yes. and keeping that in the forefront. That you know that goes with my belief that you know there's there's not just one 
form of alien in Star Trek. There's multiple different races, just like there's multiple different cultures here on our planet. So I think that that is cool that they 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 make that a big thing in that show, and then and then how they approach these different races and making sure that some of these planets that they go to they don't interfere with with the the actual um, you know, like native native people that are on the planet, and they really they pump that in there in, in a cool way. So I'm gonna actually say Star Trek, even though I don't watch Star Trek uh, on a regular basis, but the stuff that they bring into into sci-fi I think is is a lot more substantial. That was a, that was a perfect answer. Um, <laughs> all right, last one in the TV sector is: Would you rather watch The Simpsons or South Park? Oh, easily Simpsons. I I could never get into South Park. I don't know why. I wow. really, it's hard for me to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but is is Simpsons still as entertaining now as it always was? I don't think so. I don't. No. I used to watch it all the time, but I, I I've always had the, this this perspective that you know you, you can always do something too long yeah. it's like some things are better it's better just to ride off into the sunset you know than in uh you know a, a, what is it like a, a hail of gunfire yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> okay we've got a couple of music ones cannibal corpse or black dahlia murder that's good i'm a black dahlia murder I started off a little more on Black Dahlia than Cannibal. Nice. Um, Slayer or Pantera? Mm, that is a very hard one. I I've, I firmly believe as much as I don't listen to either of those on a regular basis, Pantera, I think, contributed more to the sound and style of like the more new the newer genres of metal i think than slayer did yeah as far as like you know with that being a lot more focused on like you know these sick breakdown parts and stuff like that and, and just like you know the pinch harmonics and all that stuff so pantera uh last music one is metallica or megadeth mm, megadeth or no 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 metallica Oh, you nearly went with Dave. You were nearly going to be the yeah. first person to ever go with Dave. No one, no one, no one ever goes with Dave. No, I feel sorry for Dave. Um, now the last three: uh, Would you rather watch a show up the back or in the middle of the mosh pit? <laughs> while while Nowadays. while your while your music's playing, where would you rather be to watch the show? Oh man, if it was our music, I would love to mosh to my own band. If like if I could like not be like if they could if no one knew that I was ever in the band or I actually was never in the band but I still had the same connection to the music, I would love to mosh and I actually have as a side note I, I have moshed to my own band. Nice. But I but I wasn't on vocals at the time. I was sick, so I had someone fill in for me. Oh. Um, would yeah. you would you prefer to tour or record? Ooh, those are both they both take a lot of energy out of me but recording you can go home <laughs> <laughs> I think still still touring okay. you know no matter if it's short or long because I mean you're, you're recording to hopefully get that music out there that people want to see it live yeah that's true that's a good answer um, now the last one um, is CD, vinyl, or downloading? 
downloading slash streaming because it's kind of the same thing now. Yeah. I still like the the CD. Yeah, uh, I'm the same. Yeah. I have a couple of vinyls, but I never use them. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a vinyl player. I don't have a CD player. Um, Adam. Fuck, dude. Thank you, man. That I've <laughs> I've had a great time, man. You're just such a dude. And I had a lot of fun. I'm really grateful, dude. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Yeah.
So that was my chat with Adam of Oceano. You also heard there at the end the title track off their latest album, Revelation. So guys, if you're not quite sure on what Oceano do, if you're ready for a bit of brutality and a bit of sonic punishment, make sure you delve into their discography. There's a bit of everything for anyone that likes their heavy music. So make sure you go online, make sure you head down to your local store, make sure you check out Oceano. That's, of course, if you haven't already. Thank you again, Adam, for coming on the Mosh Zone. Really appreciated it. And hopefully we see Oceano in Australia soon, and I'd really look forward to catching up and maybe doing a part two in person, dude. Thank you again, Adam. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. So that's it for the Mosh Zone episode 50. Done, dusted, wrapped up, in the can, fucking done, all done for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that We need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.